This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora and Odyssey Sports Original. Welcome to the post-Super Bowl wrap-up edition of Baldy's Breakdowns here on Odyssey. We thank you guys, as always, for listening. I promise that I will get the name of the show right through this entire podcast. Mm-hmm. I struggled a little bit last week, Baldy. We, I was with you sometimes. I was with Lombardi. I was with my buddy Ken Wyman. I wasn't sure if it was big game breakdowns with Baldy or Baldy's big game breakdowns. Or when Baldy was on assignment, I didn't know if it was big game breakdowns without Baldy because he's on assignment. But we are back uh-huh. to just playing Baldy's breakdowns. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. I have the pleasure, as always, to be joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. And, and Baldy, we were just talking a little bit um, off air about what Super Bowl Sunday was like for us. You were there. I was not. And we're certainly going to go through the ins and outs of this game and what it means for both teams. But uh, how was your Super Bowl Sunday in La La Land, brother? Well, it was uh, it was epic. To be honest, I'm I'm downtown Los Angeles right now. I can see SoFi Stadium from here. It was, I mean, it was just uh, an unbelievable showcase of you know America's game. Yeah, uh, all of the hoopla, which is <laughs> I can't imagine anymore. You know, we had under perfect weather uh, the entire week. Uh, just the game, the experience, calling the game for Sky Sports in London. Um, you know, the, the halftime, uh, the pageantry, just, uh, you know, just, uh, the excitement inside that stadium was about, it's about as good as it gets to me, Jason. I've been to a lot of these. I know you have mm. too. Uh, and then, you know, just the game itself. I mean, it's hard for some of these games to live up to the hype. You know, you're talking about it for two weeks and then the game happened and, you know, the Rams, I mean, let's face it. The Rams had no running game. Nope. They lose Odell Beckham Jr., who was off to a great start. They had lost yep. their tight end in the NFC Championship game. And they lost I mean, Robert crazy. Woods in the middle of the year, Baldy. I mean, they that's lost, They lost Robert Woods. I mean, it, it, came, you know, they, it came down to basically Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup on a 15-play, 79-yard drive to win the game. And in order to do that, their defense had to uh, make a lot of stops. Uh, Aaron Donald had to be Aaron Donald Von Miller. The stars that we had talked about pretty much throughout the year uh, once Von Miller showed up in Los Angeles, we said that they were a star-driven team, and their stars all showed up. Um, and so 
that's that's kind of how I write the story to this thing. Uh, the Bengals were a formidable foe. They uh, they played great. Uh, they had their chances. A couple, you know, third and one misses, fourth and one misses. Uh, Might have been a different story. Uh, they 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 took the ball all the way to the end until you know Aaron Donald at midfield closed it out. And uh, I spoke with Aaron down the field before the game. Uh, not for a long time, but he came over while he was stretching. Yeah, said hello, and uh, you know, I just said, you know, this is your moment, AD. Like, you know, like this is what's missing. Yeah. You can go win all the MVPs you want and have all the sacks, but you know, you need that hardware. And he goes, I said, there's going to be a moment, AD, when you got to you got to rise up and take the game over, and uh, that's exactly what he did in the final two plays. Well, Baldy, we've been talking about really since last season and even before Joe Burrow got hurt last season about just, you know, the Bengals playing with a little bit of fire here and, and the quarterback gets hit too much and too often. And obviously his season was cut short last year and they dodged a bullet against the Titans, giving up nine sacks. And, you know, they, they, they barely eluded 70 sacks on the year, 70 sacks on the year, the third most ever now counting the postseason, right? But 70, it's crazy. No, it's 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 crazy. We saw the young man writhing in pain, grabbing his knee. That yeah. that could have been how the season ended. We kind of were waiting for these chickens to come home to roost, and and they were playing with fire, and they were barely not getting burned. But Baldy, when the young man drops back twenty two times in the second half, and he's pressured eleven times and sacked six times, when through the course of a Super Bowl game, he is sacked on eighteen percent of his dropbacks. You ain't overcoming that. You know, like that, that's, that's horrific. Well, it is. And that was him trying to get the ball out of his hands fast. Quickly. <laughs> yes. He, he no. ain't trying to play hero ball. He knows no, what he's he, up against. I mean, you know, they got the big shot to T Higgins to start the third quarter and, you know, they went max protection to do that. He still had to dodge Aaron Donald, uh, you know, to find a little opening to cut that ball loose. Uh, he's a phenomenal talent, but you know, I mean, it's the task is clear. The task is clear to, you know, to the Cincinnati Bengal organization. I mean, they've got to upgrade the offensive line. They're, they're playing, look, they, because of injuries, they're playing a lot of young kids. You know, I mean, Isaiah Prince was not scheduled to be the right tackle. No. Akeem Adeniji no. was not scheduled to be their starting right guard. So they know what they have. They've got a, a true, and there's not many of them, but they've got a true franchise quarterback. And, you know, they kind of cut that sack uh, total in half next year. Um, you know, and then going forward. And and then, you know, I mean, they, you go back and you watch this, Jason. I mean, there's four plays where C.J. Uzama is literally between the guard and the tackle and waiting for Aaron Donald to beat them both. And there's yeah. three guys just sitting there waiting yeah. on him. In fact, the defensive line coach of the Rams hit me up yesterday, and he was just commenting on, you know, some of the things that they were doing and how I pointed it out. But, you know, I left one-on-ones for Von Miller – had his way with Isaiah Prince for a sack and, you know, some of the other guys. But, you know, they they tried. They tried to do what they could. You know, at times they can't do it every play. And so that's uh, that's really the task. And so it's pretty clear. They, they've they got a ton of cap space. We're not, yep. you know, they got a ton, ton of cap space and uh, they have used it well over the last two years, bringing in DJ Reader, Von Bell, Hendrickson, you know, Hilton, uh, Awuzia, you know, all the guys. So – they, uh, you know, they've got to upgrade that spot. But, you know, that being said, I mean, there they are, midfield, you know. And yeah, well, second and one, 
second and one at midfield after a nine-yard gain. I mean, Joe Burrow takes this deep shot to Jamar Chase, who doesn't look like he knows it's coming. Mm-mm. And he's got Tyler Boyd wide open in the middle of the field. If he looks, the Rams are giving him the first down. They, yeah. They're just trying to keep him out of field goal range. Right. And, you know, use the clock as the enemy. And uh, I thought he got a little greedy right there. They missed a couple other plays that were there to be made, you know, even on the opening drive of the game when they went for it on fourth down. I thought, you know, Zach Taylor was going to look back and go up 20 to 13. They, I thought they got very conservative in, in what they were trying to do. And they weren't aggressive uh, in their last five drives. They got four first downs in the last five drives, Jason, and allowed the, the Rams, who were sputtering mightily themselves, yep. Yep. to really, um, you know, one big drive, put it all together. In fact, all the all this NFL film sound is coming out now. And you hear, you know, Sean McVay come over to the offense, you know, with like nine and a half minutes to go, going, guys, like the defense is going to get us a stop. We yep. got to put this thing together. Like we, we need one drive, just the way the Patriots did against the Rams three years ago. We need one drive to put this thing to bed and to win this thing. And that's what they were able to do. I got a couple places I want to go off of what yeah. you just said, but let's start with the Bengals conservative. How much of that, though, do you think is the fact that they know? that what they did in the first half, only one pressure from Aaron Donald and only one sack, probably wasn't sustainable, right? So did the, did do you feel like some of that was by default because we we can't let you know what I mean? We can't we can't have five and seven step drops and let these guys rip his face off. No, I mean like they they you know, there's no doubt that, you know, they did a good job on Aaron Donald in the first half. Um I thought uh early in that third quarter though uh, Joe Burrow was flushed out of the pocket. Aaron Donald actually ran him to the sideline and yeah. dumped a pretty good yep. legal. Yep. And then Trey Hopkins came over and came, kind of gave Aaron Donald like a pretty good size push in the chest. There was a, a little melee that broke out in the uh-huh. sideline. And I thought, not that Aaron Donald is ever a sleeping bear, uh-huh. but they poked him. And yeah. it, it all it felt like it all changed from that moment on. Just Aaron's performance, uh, his effort. Uh, what he was trying to do, some of the things that we have seen him do in the past, all of a sudden they started showing up uh, on a pretty regular basis. We talked going into the game about the need for the Bengals to activate their running backs, right? And that's one way to mitigate um, Aaron Donald and company is with screen passes and running the ball. Yeah. 20 runs to 41 dropbacks, Baldy. Only, I think, 22 touches for the running backs. I know we were talking early in the week about 30 maybe being the magic number. Any any thoughts on – because I really liked Mixon in the first half, but then I, I felt like he didn't get much of a chance. It was kind of sporadic in the second half. I agree. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, especially on, you know, third and one, you know, why isn't Joe Mixon carrying the ball uh, on the final drive of the game? Why is Samaj P. Ryan in the game? Uh, I thought the screen game was non-existent. They threw one screen yep. to Joe Mixon. Um he lost some yards. I, I I thought that was a way they could have slowed things down a little bit. I mean, they were getting after it pretty good. But once your quarterback starts getting, there was back to the plays there at their own zone where they had back to back sacks against Joe. It'd been a nice time to pull out a screen, um, you know, because they were good at it. They were good at it against Kansas City. It was a good it was a good play to kind of slow down the rush. And I, I thought that you know when Zach Taylor goes back and looks at it. I think he'll realize that there were some errors on his part as a play yeah. caller. Yep. 
what they, they could have taken advantage of. Some of the things that Sean McVay said almost immediately after their loss three years ago, uh-huh. some things he could have done. I, I don't think you could get to this spot and lose and not look at yourself and go, especially in a very winnable game, uh, look at yourself and go, you know, this this one's on me. This is this is what I got to do to protect my quarterback a little better. Better, I got to have Mixon on the field in that spot. You know, little things like that. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about what happened after the Higgins touchdown. This is the Bengals' offense after the Higgins touchdown. Yeah. Eight plays, eleven net yards, field goal. That's yeah. where they, they, they and also they didn't finish in the in the red zone twice off the chase big play. And then off the, the quick, the, the momentum-changing turnover right after the Higgins touchdown, they only turned those two plays into six points. That killed them. Next drive, three plays, minus three net yards, yeah. punt. Three plays, five net yards, punt. Five plays, yeah. minus two net yards, punt. Seven plays, 24 net yards, punt. Five plays, 26 net yards, turnover on downs when Aaron Donald makes the play. That's about as bad as it gets, Baldy. Well, that's not championship football. You know, and, uh, you know, after the interception by Awutia, you know, they ended up kicking an Evan McPherson field goal. Aaron Donald sacks uh, Joe Burrow on third and three. But on that play, it was an option route. They bring Tyler Boyd across the formation in motion. And he's got an option route against Taylor Rapp. And Joe knows it's going to come out fast. He's set and he's ready to throw uh, an out route. And Tyler Boyd, for whatever reason, goes inside like right into Taylor Rapp. And it's it's clearly the wrong read. Uh, Joe Burrow ends up getting sacked because he's got to hold the ball. He can't make the throw. But the throw is there to be made. Joe's not going to miss that throw if Tyler Boyd goes outside. And if he does, mm-hmm. it's a completion and a first down. And they've got a new set of downs. And maybe they convert on that drive and make it 24-13. And maybe it's a different game. There was, uh, there was three or four missed opportunities. Obviously, Tyler Boyd drops his you know first – Pass of the season yeah. on third and nine. Uh, Joe puts it right on him. He takes his eyes off it. He probably gets a first down on that play. I mean, you could you could pick this apart. You can read all the stats, and then you could go back and you go, "Well, this is a throw they got to make. This is the throw they got to catch." And they just didn't do it. And so they didn't make the plays that were there to be made. We're not talking about you know uh, highlight real plays. We're talking about basic fundamental plays right. that you got to convert. And you know, if you want to be a champion. Those are plays that you can't let slip through your fingers, and they did. Baldy, outside of the two big plays, the the sideline pass to Chase where he makes the amazing yep. one-handed catch and the bomb to Higgins where, I don't know about you, but I felt like Jalen yeah. Ramsey was certainly, uh, well, was certainly I mean, interfered I, 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 with there. I, you know, it's, I mean, we can talk about the officials too. but I mean, Yeah, we'll get to them. Yeah. But anyway, those two passes pick up 121 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, the rest of the day, 20 for 31 for 142 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Baldy, that's 4.58 yards per attempt the rest of the day. I mean, yeah. that is, again, well, not, I mean, not championship a, football. And then again, it goes back to Aaron Donald and company. I yeah. get that. But that's, boy, oh, boy, less than well, 4.6 I mean, yards an attempt. No, I know. I mean, it's not it, – it, 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 uh, it's a function of – you know, how much time Joe felt like he had. I mean, you could see him just want, I mean, you know, you'll take, you'll take the positive gain, um, you know, when you could get it, but it was, it was short passes, quick routes. Uh, let me get the ball out of my hands fast. And, you know, that got him 20 points, you know, and 
The fact that the defense took the ball away twice, I mean, the defense was outstanding for the Bengals uh, across the board. I mean, they played great defense. And, you know, you get the two turnovers like they did, uh, took points off the board, the first one by Bates and Awutsia, you know, allowed points. So the defense did their job for Cincinnati. Yes. There's no question in my mind. DJ Reader was a stud. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it came down to, you know, they, they couldn't really stretch the field at all. And uh, and that's a function of what we said all week long is, yes. you know, how is the offense line going to be able to hold up? How are they going to work around it? And you thought, okay, short pass the screens, you know, max protect to take a couple shots. And that's kind of what they did, yeah. but it wasn't enough. No, no, their longest play outside of those two passes we talked about was 17 yards. So um, that's not ideal. Uh, Baldy, you talk to a lot of guys in this league. Um, and one of the things that fascinated me, about this Bengals ride was how well Eli Apple was playing after yep. his career seemed over numerous times. Judging by social media, he does not have a whole lot of uh, allies throughout this league. He certainly burned some bridges and uh, people were coming after him pretty hard. Really a tale of two game, games for him. The first four times they throw at him, they've got one completion for seven yards. He's doing the job on Cooper Cup. But down the stretch, man, you've got the second and seven. Cup gets him for 22. You've got the touchdown in the back of the end zone. That's negated by penalties, but still you could see, you know, Eli starting to fade and, and then you got the defensive pass interference. And then obviously the second and goal from the one with Cup having yeah. a two-way go. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough ask for anybody, but that matchup certainly uh, went from, oh my God, he's doing it again to now he's become one of the, uh, sort of scapegoats or faces of this yeah, loss. That's not, it's, it, it's not fair to Eli. It yeah. really is. I mean, the penalty, uh, you know, okay. I mean, they they decided to throw the flag, you know. I mean, they decided to throw the flag at that point. They let him play all game. Yeah. One single holding call called. I mean, all that. All right. But the 22-yarder, I mean, that's a no-look pass by Stafford. Yep. He moves Von Bell. I mean, it's just an unbelievable. I mean, if Matt Stafford would ever go to the Hall of Fame, and who knows, uh, that play's going with him to Cooper Cup. I mean, the play is just genius. I don't know how you do it in the heat of the moment. It's one of the best plays I've ever seen in a big game like that. I mean, you can see – I mean, I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes does it to be cute or, right. you know, to have fun. Matt Stafford did it a lot in Detroit. Nobody really saw it. But to do it in that moment where he had to do it. Yes. To get Von Bell out of the middle of the field and get him to go bite on Bryson Hopkins so that – I mean, I can't put that on Eli Apple. I mean, that, that's just a phenomenal play between those two. The winning touchdown, to be honest with you, I don't know what else Eli Apple can really right. do. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to hold him again and get a right. defensive pass interference? Because, really, they clear it out. You know, there's, it's a two-receiver side, Jason. The inside receiver goes to the middle. So, it's it's one-on-one. -on -one. He could go, you know, Cooper Cup could go anywhere he wants. Matt Stafford's not looking for anybody else. If the ball isn't so perfectly placed – so that really Cup can just adjust to the ball, kind of protect himself in the middle of the air. I'm not sure because you could throw back shoulder fade, you could throw the corner, you could throw an in cut there. I mean, there's almost almost every route is available right there, and you're one on one, yep. you know, uh, at the two yard line. It's just a just tough play for anybody, and he, he like I, I think you know <laughs> next gen stats for whatever that's worth sometimes said. That's a 29% completion, you know, uh, yeah. right there, uh, the way that Eli covered it. So, 
Um, it, it was just perfect play to win it all. And, uh, you know, they got a couple cracks at it down there. You know, I'm not sure uh, <laughs> Logan Wilson is guilty on well, third down right that there. That, to me, was egregious, Baldy, right there. And that kind of signaled for me that, wait a minute, we, we're now – we've now entered a different zone with how these, these zebras are seeing this game. That, to I me, mean, was the turning point. Like, wait a minute. Well, I mean, it's a third down throw to Tyler Boyd. Logan Wilson plays it perfectly. He's got his – you can put your hand on a receiver in that place as long as you don't turn him. I mean, by definition – it's a good play. I mean, it's t- you know it's tight coverage. It's the goal line. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you're thrown from the four-yard line. To me, when they threw that flag, because, you know, if they don't throw the flag there, it's fourth down, Jason. Right. And who knows what, you know, who, who knows what they do on fourth down. I mean, maybe Cup catches it on fourth down, but they don't go to Cup on that third down, and they get a fresh set of downs. And, uh, you know, and then they get another penalty on Apple in the corner. So, uh, you know, they got a whole bunch of chances down there. You know, I mean, six of their 15 plays in that drive were down there inside the four-yard line. Yeah, I, I just thought Logan Wilson had a hell of a game. And for them to throw the flag on him there, I I, I was uh, – I don't know what Logan Wilson's supposed to do. I mean, that, no. that's textbook coverage to me. And so if they throw it, then you go, okay, it's subjective. But, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not here to, you know, take the officials to task, that's for sure. Uh, but – it is bizarre that six penalties get called, you know, three in the final, you know, minute. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not one single holding call the entire day. Not yeah. one. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard kind of hard to fathom when all season long people go, oh, they can call holding on every, every right. play. They don't call any, not one. Right. Offense or defense, offense alignment, defense alignment, you know, cornerbacks, like no holding calls. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the fans – you know, the fans are going to be the fans. I'm not going to uh, argue with any of them about what they see and, you know, what they think should be fair. But uh, it, it just seemed in that spot, Logan Wilson, Yeah, uh, it seemed a little little bizarre that they throw the flag in that call. It, it drew my ire. It drew my ire. Um, we talked about the Rams really only having one means of, of pulling this yeah. thing off because they couldn't run the ball whatsoever because they lost Odell Beckham. In the second half, Baldy, Cup and Hopkins, the backup tight end who's in yeah. for Higby, combined for eight catches for 85 yards. The rest of the Rams roster in the entire second half, six catches for 35 yards. That that you know, often we think about the Super Bowl being about the the sort of uh ancillary guys, right, who take on a bigger role and really sustain it. I mean, this 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 wasn't that. I mean, no. they were running out of options. They were. And really, I mean, you know, the one play that we need to talk about, Jason, the biggest play of the game is uh, with six minutes to go in the game. I mean, they've got fourth and one. The run, the run by Cup. Cooper Cup in the year, Jason, had four runs on the season, had four runs for 18 yards. And three of the runs went for nothing. One run went for 18 yards. Like, he's not a ball carrier. They don't. They run that play to other guys. Uh, when Robert Woods was in there, you know, he he ran that play before the injury, and they ran it with other people. They did not run it with Cooper Cup. To call that play with, I guess it's under five minutes ago. You've got three timeouts left. You're at your own thirty yard line. Von Bell is unblocked on the play, Jason. 
Uh, he's at the line of scrimmage. Now, Cooper Cup runs right by him. He yeah. doesn't realize it, you know, that he gets it. And so he runs right by him. But like, the the call by Sean McVay right there, I mean, he might very well be the GOAT again in this whole thing. Um, they might talk about him the way some people talk about Kyle Shanahan right now. Uh, uh, he, he goes for it on fourth and one in his own 30 and puts it in Cooper Cup's hands, a play that they don't run. And they haven't had a whole lot of success with when they have, and they call that up, and they get a they get a first. They had seven yards and a first down. Like I don't know how many coaches, especially the way his defense is playing, go for it on fourth and one right there. Like that's the play I want to hear him talk about here mm-hmm. at the parade. You know, you know, today in Los Angeles, where I haven't really heard heard him talk about yet is how he decided because. These games get decided on a play or two plays. Yes. And so that call on fourth to one, I'm still shaking my head. I remember, you know, regular season game, Belichick goes for it as 28 against the Colts, and they don't make it, and he gets vilified. Like, if he doesn't make that fourth and one fly sweep right. uh, it's conversion over. there, what are people saying about Sean McVay today if they don't win that game? How much of that do you think was – um, a tendency breaker, especially knowing how well Zach Taylor, you know what I mean? How well Zach Taylor knows what Sean McVay would normally okay. want to do on a fourth well, and no, one. It's a great question, Jason. Great. I mean, a tendency breaker. It's actually the, the, the perfect phrase. I don't know. Okay. Let's just say that's what that is. Man, to call that in the heat of that moment. Oh, yeah. Like that, Take some huevos. That's, that's like, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how many coaches would do it. Be honest with you. I mean, I know these coaches to get more brave, and you got to use your gut and analytics say one thing. I mean, all those things are out there, but in that moment, you go to have that belief, like that to me is uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why he's a Super Bowl winning coach, you know, right now. The, in the youngest super, youngest winning super, you know, winning his Super Bowl coach, and maybe that's why all of his coaches are getting plucked from his staff. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, he's got three head coaches. Plucked from his staff yeah. in four years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cra- like we his tree is sprouting faster than any other tree ever. Right it's now, maybe that's why phenomenal. they they all want a piece of that. Yes, and you can say, well, you know, you know, who has Aaron Donald? And but you know, he saw Matt Stafford. Like he made like he he got together with them in Cabo, and yeah. let, let's let's drink some tequila and let's get this deal done. I mean, like he's these moves that he's making are bold. Bold moves and they're working, you know. And I, I, oh, yeah. I give him all the credit in the world. I mean, that's what coaching is, you know. And uh, he's 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 got he's got the magic touch. There's no doubt about it. Well, I, and I, I want to get to what this means um, for some people's legacies here in a minute. But you you know Sean, I know Sean, I know I've known a lot of those coaches since they were youngins in Washington. And oh yeah. They were, they were, you know, they were a little bit wild and, and they rubbed some people the wrong way. And I, I think they had to learn to sort of grow up and mature. Um, and they clearly have. And Sean spoke very, uh, I would say, candidly and transparently right before the Super Bowl. I guess I can't remember if it was on Friday or Saturday where he talked about a future for him that involved much more family time and probably less football. Um I don't know that he walks away now because, A, he's not married yet. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a, a, a an offspring yet. And this thing with Stafford is <laughs> looks pretty good. 
But I don't think he's coaching the Rams in three years, four years, five years necessarily. I, I do well take him at his word. As hard as he goes, you know Richmond Flowers, you know the you know people associated with that family oh, yeah. tree. Like he he if he keeps working twenty hour days, he will collapse, and he knows yeah. that. Yeah, no, and uh, you know I think I mean I think there's going to be. You know, Amazon is firing up its engines. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see, you know, Amazon going, hey, Sean, when you're ready, yep. we got a seat for you. Mm-hmm. And you can direct our whole football package, how to cover a game, what, you know, I mean, just take us inside the game in a way that nobody's ever really been able to do. I, I could see them going, um, "This the, the world is your oyster, Sean. Yep. You, and, and then Sean going, oh, okay, I can marry my supermodel wife and, I can raise my kids and I can have an off season and I yep. can you know, probably take my kids to school some days Oh yeah, and all the things that I'll never do. If I stay the coach, I, there's no question, Jason. I mean, the word, the term lifer doesn't apply to Sean McVay. I think, um, you know, the fact if, if he wanted to do TV, it's there for him for as long yep. as he wants to do it. But you know, the way that he has now sprouted this tree, he'll always have LaFleur and, you know, O'Connell and, uh, you know, uh, all those guys out there that he can, you know, just pick their brains the way Jimmy Johnson has done yes. for years, you know, at, after he retired. So I think that there's, uh, I, you know, I, I th- this is going to be interesting to follow. Uh, you know, I, I think he's back this year with Stafford. Right. But he knows if you don't have that guy. I mean, I think that's all part of it, too. He Just the way Jimmy Johnson realized, if I don't get Drew Brees in Miami, I, you know, there's nothing I could really do. Yeah. Uh, so Saban said the same thing. I mean, these guys realized if you don't have that elite guy, then, you know, you're, you're just going to be on the sidelines Super Bowl Sunday. And I wrote a column about this at CBS on Monday. Like, I don't think he's going to be the only one who is sort of um, worldly and self-aware and 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 sort of in- inclined um Baldy to see a world outside of football like he's kind of the Pied Piper for this group of coaches when you're now seeing guys getting hired in their early to mid 30s the the coaches are being the coaching salaries are are, are escalating exponentially they're only going to keep going up because the revenues keep going up you mentioned the expanding media landscape I remember three four years ago when 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 Andrew Luck retired right and everybody's writing think pieces about NFL players stepping away by age 30 and we'll get to Aaron Donald in a minute but I think we're going to see the same thing happening with these coaches that by the time they're 45 and they've been in it for six to eight to 10 years, a lot of them are going to want to step back. They'll have other opportunities and maybe they come back. Maybe they, they don't, but I think Sean McVay is a trailblazer in more ways than one. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, how much money does Sean McVay need right. to be happy because he's made a ton and he can make a ton more uh, and not, um, you know, be this lifer where, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it, you know, really just eats you up and it has to so many other coaches. And if you feel like there's another life out there and other things to do, I think, you know, look, Sean Payton's fig- trying to figure it out right now. He's talking that I know he's talked to Fox. Um, who knows how long he stays out if he stays out. But I think, you know, at a certain point, uh, the money is so great that you, you no longer have, you have all the security you need. Uh, and then there's just this unbelievable world out there, you know, and uh, I think coaches have oftentimes, I remember when Dave Wanstatt stepped away mm-hmm. from Miami 
um, for whatever reason, I don't remember at the time. I was like, you know, go, go find, go do something, you know, go do something else. And then next thing you know, we special teams coach at Buffalo. Like some of these guys, they just, they can't stay away because they don't know how to do anything else. I think some of these young guys, they're like, I I just think that they have so many more options and are so bright and the world is changing so fast that let me go find something else. Because I don't think there's any endeavor that you would put Sean McVay in the middle, just knowing the command that he has, Mm -hmm. Jason, that he couldn't be successful. Agreed. Whether it's running a business, a startup, um, you know, a charity organization. I mean, there's nothing that guy that if you put him in charge of, it wouldn't be successful. It's just his nature. I mean, I, I look, we, we talk about this league and the inability to develop coaches, right, and how inefficient these hiring practices are. I mean, imagine if Sean McVay put together a consulting firm for how to hire a coach. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, well, I mean, who knows in that bright mind of his all the different things that he thinks about on a regular basis, you know, and he just happened to, you know, uh, look – He's figured this thing out. He's figured it out that it's not about, you know, draft picks. It's about players. Yes. It's not about plays. It's about players. Um, let's accentuate, you know, what we have. Uh, we'll, we'll go – we'll find Nick Scott. We'll find, you know, certain guys that we'll, we'll be able to plug and play. But let give me give me star power. Um, let me get true pros, and let's get enough of these guys in the door, and we'll just do – you know, I mean – you know, he changed his offense line coach. Kevin Carberry comes in. They never spent an off, a first-round pick on an offense lineman. Like, he's figured things out about how to build a team that 80% of the league has no idea about. They're still trying to do it some traditional way. Well, we also um, know that th- this game will have an indelible imprint on the legacy of Aaron Donald as well as Matthew Stafford. We talked a little bit hypothetically last week about how the second act of Stafford's career might change the entire narrative about him and sort of create a prism to perhaps one day Canton. We know Aaron Donald could, he could have retired two years ago and been, you know, first ballot hall of famer. Um, He's mulling retirement. Um, He's got nothing left to prove to anybody, Baldy. I mean, when the, when the comp for you is Reggie White, you, you've pretty much dominated as much as anybody could dominate. Just wondered about your, your thoughts on um, on those guys who I, I think when when we remember this Super Bowl, right, it's going to be McVay, Donald, Stafford. I mean, and Cup. Um, but I, I just feel like that that's th- those storylines are going to be the ones that um, are sort of well, linked I mean, to Aaron this Donald, game forever. I mean, everybody's pressing Aaron Donald on the question. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of given this, his patented answer of just being in the moment. Um, we, we haven't seen – we've seen Barry Sanders walk away, Calvin Johnson, Jim Brown. We haven't seen many uh, in this game walk away at the very height of the career. I mean, he's still the most dominant defensive player in the league. Uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of tapped him on the shoulder, good luck, down the field on Sunday. When you hit Aaron Donald, it's like hitting a piece of steel. Right. Like nobody's right. nobody's constructed like that. Nobody. And so I think there, you know, he's made more money than he than he, you know, he, he can't wait to get back to Pittsburgh with his kids and his wife. Um, you know, he doesn't want any part of this LA scene or any part of that. Very private guy. Um, so you know, he's got a pretty basic, simple life. He wants to spend time with his kids. Uh 
who can ever fault anybody or how can exactly. you not applaud anybody for exactly. that that alone? And so I think there's a part of that that is real, that he's 30 years old, that he's, you know, his bust is already being created in Canton. Like, all you're going to do is um, add to that, but at the same time, your body's going to wear down eventually, and you're not going to be Aaron Donald at, at some point anymore. And do you want to you want to do that just to play when going back to this, you know, to your point earlier, how much money do these guys need? You know, and if, if you have, I don't know, a hundred million dollars in the bank or whatever it is, how much more is going to make a difference? And so I think there's a, a lot of that, that is probably going through Aaron Donald's mind. And I think it, it won't surprise me to see him walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we have seen some of these other guys walk away, but if he does, uh, if he does it, we're going to see other guys do it too. Yeah, I am. I am with you. And any any thoughts on um, Matt Stafford and the way he battled? Look, I, I think both those t- those interceptions. Um, the second one's not on him at all. The first one, I I kind of felt like Van Jefferson might have been able to to fight a little more for it. I mean, it was more or less a punt on third and nineteen. Yeah, anyway. third and fourteen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. So I I mean, just sort of your your thoughts on. On, on his performance and, and where that kind well, of what I echelon mean, that takes him to? Well, they, they don't win it without him. Um, he made all the plays in the moment when he had to. The no-look pass for 22 to Cup, you know, is just championship level, yep. next level. Uh, the touchdown to win it. I mean, I don't know how many comeback wins he's had more than anybody else. You know, I mean, he just in the postseason, Jason, he had three fourth-quarter comebacks in the postseason. I mean, you know, the, to finish off uh, the Bucks the way that he did, uh, the 49ers game, I mean, you know, just look what he's done. I mean, it's it, it's an unbelievable run by Matt Stafford. And, you know, it's, it's the things that people questioned in Detroit or around the league when he was in Detroit. Could he do that? Was he this type of guy? Well, he is. Um, you know, you lose Higby. You lose uh, Odell Beckham, you lose Robert Woods. Um, you're thrown to Skoranek. You're thrown to Bryson Hopkins. I mean, uh, you've got no run game. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, you got him and Cup, and they're like making it up as they go along. It, you know, it's 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 unreal actually to to see. I mean, we we give Aaron Rodgers the MVP, deservedly so, but has Aaron Rodgers played like this in this in, you know in the postseason? Mm, not for I, a minute, Baldy. Not for a minute. You know, so I mean, who you who do you want to compare him to? You want to compare him to Brady? You want to compare him to Rodgers? I mean, his run this season and through the postseason, I mean, is about as good as it gets. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see to see where it goes. As I've said many times, I'm a big Stafford guy going way back, and um, it's great to see him in in good hands with a quality organization that knows what they have. Any other final thoughts on uh, this this? Well, this season I mean, and this postseason, Baldy? Well, if you just leave it on Stafford for a second, I mean, how many other guys, I don't know, Matt Ryan, whatever, are in places that it's just not good enough around them? They're good to great players, and we know that. We know, you know, they show up every every year and they battle, but they're in a, in a bad culture, a bad situation, and we'll never know. But if you put them, you know, in a situation where you give them – a good defense. You give them playmakers on offense. You give them, a, you know, a championship level coach, and you give them stability. Could they do the same thing? 
you know, we'll, we won't, we'll never know. I mean, Dan Marino. I mean, we go through the list of guys that don't have Super Bowl uh, championships to their credits, and you go, but they could. And we'll never know. And, and here with Stafford, it's sort of like this is – because we always say, well, you know, the quarterback's got to do this. And we, we put so much on him. And, you know, even like Joe Flacco, for one shining moment, yeah, one Super Bowl run, Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But then things really changed after that and all these different places he's been. You know, it's never really been the same for him. But – and I, I just think, you know, the, the, you know we're going we're gonna to talk about these – Quarterbacks coming out uh, of uh, this draft and ad nauseum for four months, and you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep saying like it's all about the quarterback, but like these guys need a lot of help in order to get to where Matt Stafford is right now, and I don't think we pay enough attention to it. No, no, and uh, again, if McVay does stick around, I think we both think he's got another year or two in him at least. Uh, we know the owner's not afraid to spend, Baldy. You can go cash over cap. People treat the cap like it's the boogeyman. Really, it's the commitment of the owner that's the most important factor. And Stan Kroenke seems very inclined to do what the Glazers did a year ago, right, and keep this band together as best they can um, to try to keep this going. And in the NFC, with so many question marks, I, I'd take the Rams against the field right now, especially not knowing what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Um, you know, New Orleans losing Sean Payton, not having a quarterback. You just go through the teams that are usually in the way. You know, Arizona, that ain't good right now. You know, Russ, I mean, even if Russell Wilson sticks around, we know he's he's not Superman. If that roster doesn't get a whole lot better, they're yeah. only a so-so team. You know, do we really think Dallas gets over the mountaintop? It, it, no. it, it's I, I, it's look, pretty I, interesting I, I, landscape. You know, I mean, it's it, you know that they're going to, make a lot of good moves, you know, to whether it's to keep players or to add players or to draft players. I mean, they're, they're building this thing. They've got, you know, they've got a, a rock solid foundation. So, I mean, look what they've added, you know, with whether it's Leonard Floyd or Vaughn or, you know, all these pieces that they keep adding to add Odell Beckham during the season. Um, you know, they've got three young running backs, you know, do they add to that? You know, where would you like to you know, do they find a left tackle? Is Joseph Noteboom the guy? And, and so all these different things. I mean, they'll they'll adjust like the way that they have, the way that you have to have. And they've got all the resources and all the, you know, the IQ in order to uh, make that all happen. So I, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's hard not to pick against them. It was hard not to pick against the Bucks after the Super Bowl last year. They came, you know, mightily close to get there. So uh, who knows? And uh, I don't know. Maybe Tom Brady comes back. You know? Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, you never know. I I got enough there. on my plate. Baldy, the combine is only two weeks away. I'm I'm already preparing for free agency here, and it 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 never ends. Um, as you know, and I'm I'm guessing we'll run into each other in Indianapolis. Maybe we could do this in in person. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> I know I've got some duties. Uh, you know, while I'm there, so. Uh, we'll get together here, Jason. Let's take a take a little time off and be thankful for the postseason that we just uh, we just had and enjoyed. I think everybody did. We're all sort of going. What are we going to do next weekend? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what, what are we going to do without football next weekend? So, anyway, yeah, uh, we'll yeah. Figure well, it out. it's been a, a great season. We've enjoyed doing this every week. We will continue to do this in the off season as well. Um, 
and we'll 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 work that schedule out. But this has been the Super Bowl wrap up edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Um, as always, please rate, review, give us feedback on iTunes, um, wherever you get your podcast goodness. You can certainly um, download us on the Odyssey app, which we we always recommend. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Lockenfor. You can find Baldy on Twitter at Baldy NFL, and you can find us back here shortly for the next edition of Baldy's Breakdowns.